Welcome to Change. It's all about the choice podcast. I am Gabby, your host, founder of Gabby Inspires. I empower people of all ages to embrace change. I am a motivational speaker, coach, and workshop leader. I know you are unique. And I will offer in each episode humor and skill building tools that will enable you to make the right choice so you too can embrace change. Hi, and welcome to Change. It's all about the choice podcast. As all of you know, my podcasts always focus on changes that people faced, choices they made, and the opportunities they found. And today you are going to get to know someone who has been doing just that since he graduated from college. And I've had the pleasure of knowing him since the day he was born. He is my great nephew and his name is Bob. Bob grew up in a small county in Pennsylvania in a small town and lived a rather small town life. And he started playing hockey at a very young age, but ice hockey became a very influential part of his life. You will be surprised, as I was, at how many changes he faced and how many choices he made. And I believe he's found many opportunities and made the best of them. But he can tell his story much better than I can. So I'm going to introduce you to Bob Rudiger Jr. Bob, it's such an honor to have you on my podcast today. Your journey has been one that has had so many changes and you've made so many choices that I cannot wait to share your story with my audience. Hi, Bob. Welcome to Change. It's all about the choice. Hi, Gabby, or Linda, as I know you. Thank you very much for having me, and thank you for that pleasant introduction. I'm very glad to be here with you today. Because we haven't seen each other for a while, we're going to start with you telling me what you're doing right now, and please tell me where you're living. Tell my listeners where you're living. So I am currently living just outside of Seattle, Washington, and I am working as a user experience designer for a multitude of companies at this point. Since the last time we spoke, I've even acquired another job. I'm excited to kind of share a little bit about what user experience design is, what I do, and obviously the changes and choices that led me to here. Right now, let's start with the changes that led you where you are today, and then we'll grow to what you're doing now. Because this small town life that you left me, you left me back in the small town, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, if we went through all of them, it would be a very extensive podcast. So I'll try to <laughs> I try to pick so. out the most important ones along the way. And I think the best place to start, as you mentioned, Ice hockey was something that I grew up with and was always a big part of my life to the point where it even influenced the college that I decided to go to so that I could pursue my college hockey dreams, which I'm happy to say I achieved that, but maybe not to the levels I had hoped whenever I was younger. College was a lot of 
self-exploration and trying to figure out what I wanted to do post ice hockey because I had never put much consideration into that. And the first big change or choice that I made was just a couple of years after college when I decided to leave the United States to start teaching English in South Korea. Um, wow. I had that's a yeah. big change. <laughs> yeah, I had always been mildly interested in teaching. In fact, it was my first major, but it was a field I got away from. And I had a few friends who, after graduating college, decided to go to South Korea to teach English and proceeded to spend the next two to three years trying to convince me to join them until I eventually took the plunge and flew halfway around the world, leaving all of my, you know, family and other friends behind to live in a city I, I had never that. even visited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I even had a plan in place where I was going to be in Korea for maybe one year, and then I would try Thailand and Vietnam and all of these beautiful places. But instead, I met a beautiful girl and uh, some really beautiful people, even though some of them are Canadians, who enjoyed playing hockey. And instead, I ingratiated myself in this expat community and culture in South Korea. And I stayed there for four, almost five years, which was totally different and really influenced the rest of my life because it reinvigorated my love for hockey and that beautiful girl I met, I ended up marrying. So uh, that was a, you know, pretty big choice that I made there. And um, yeah, I guess uh, if there's any questions about this stage in my life, this might be the time to address them. <laughs> I want you to tell us your beautiful wife's name because I always mess it up and I have met her and he, doesn't give her enough credit. She's beautiful inside and out. She's a lovely girl. And tell us who she is. If we use her full name, it would be Cho Kin Hee. But, you know, we usually just shorten it to Kin Hee, which I know <laughs> yeah. a lot of my family has <laughs> trouble pronouncing, but <laughs> that's okay. But we love her just the same, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know she's always felt really welcomed by our family and she's enjoyed the time, however limited it has been that we've spent together, you know, since we met, I guess, seven years ago now, seven and a half years ago now. That is hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, time flies. So to keep moving on, because we, we are on a limited time here, you talk about ice hockey. I mean, that was your dream. And then you said you gave it up a little bit. So you made a change there too, going to Korea and being a teacher, but yet you didn't truly give up on ice hockey? Yeah. So I guess if I back up just a little bit, I did mention my college experience wasn't the greatest. You know, it's it's a competitive sport, and there are a lot of people in the western Pennsylvania area who are very good hockey players. So I found it difficult to break into the lineup for basically two years of college and decided I'd rather just enjoy my last couple of years of college and not continue playing there. So at that time, I, I walked away from the sport entirely. You know, don't even watch it on TV 
didn't even use it as a way to stay in shape. But when I got to Korea, I just saw a poster for an expat-specific hockey league in Korea and decided it was something that might be fun to do to make some friends in this new place. And yeah, it ended up being much more than I thought it would be because there were about 120 people in the league and the way it works, you get to play with and meet all of these people. It's almost a social culture just as much as it is a sporting culture. And I think having that kind of support network and looking at the sport through a new lens of not just a way to stay in shape and have fun, but also to connect with other people was something that just grabbed me and really pulled me back into it. Yeah, so that was, again, about seven years ago. And since then, I actually got involved with the Korean Olympic national teams doing some events where we introduced young kids to the game of hockey in Korea, which we called Hockey Day in Korea. It was a really fun event that, even though it appealed to some of the more affluent kids, we took all of the proceeds and used them for a lot of the very underfunded orphanages in Korea. So I thought that was a great way to kind of leverage the sport and the exclusivity of it into something positive for the greater community there. That's because you have a good heart. You do. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I definitely can't take all of the credit we had. We had a really good team working on that. Um, and then, yeah, another thing we did was getting, I guess we would call them elite level hockey players in the country together for a totally new program that increased the competitiveness there. Something that us as expats who grew up in a hockey mad environment were able to kind of inject into this new community where they wanted to be hockey mad after the Olympics. So it was just this thing where all of a sudden I was roped into all of these different ways that we can use the game for community, not just, you know, our own community, but really extensively reaching, you know, so many different people for so many different reasons and with totally different levels of knowledge of the game, interest in the game, things like that. Now, I have a question that probably going to sound like someone who knows very little about hockey. You say the X-Pack or what was that and what exactly is that? group so if we're just asking about the term expat yeah i've seen i very recently saw this described quite well in a little cartoon we basically have two words for the same thing and this this might be treading on some pc lines but it does feel appropriate where <laughs> we call people who move from one country to another immigrants but if they are white we call them expats um okay. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Us Irish, English, Australians <laughs> who love to go around and explore new places, but don't want to call ourselves immigrants. Immigrants. They, they use the term expat or expatriate. Uh, okay. Expatriates. <laughs> okay. That's what it stands for. Expatriates. I can get that. That's, yeah. Well, that's good. And I think our audience will like it and 
who knows <laughs> it's a word right yeah <laughs> we're not here we're well, not going I'm sure judgment anybody, on anybody who has who has lived the expat lifestyle can relate to it um, yeah and i hope there's a lot of people out there and understand that we all have little names that we call ourselves and share ourselves and that's just part of traveling around the world but like you said with changes it's amazing how you were really set on being like a professional hockey player, right? Is that what you wanted to do, move on or play more in hockey? And that, for some reason, it didn't work out for you. And then you changed. I, everybody, when I talk about the changes you faced, it's not that easy, is it? To face those changes and make those choices and let everyone know that once it's made and you get on a road, it's better, right? You you find things, you grow and you learn and how hockey has come back into your life. Is that amazing to you or important that it's back into your life? Yeah, I would say it's been something that has had a positive influence on my life the second time around. I think one of the big lessons I learned the first time was that it's not life or death. How we perform on the ice or the results of a game are not going to make or break the rest of our lives. And so one of the big takeaways from that experience that I carried with me into my rekindling of my love for the game was basically if, if it's not fun or if I'm not having fun, just stop, walk away. And I think that's been really helpful on a lot of different levels, you know, even in just the moments where you're frustrated with a referee's decision or, you know, your teammates or something like that. Just keeping that in mind, you know, if, if you're not having fun, then you don't have to do this is a good way to ground yourself and to put things back into perspective. And I think another thing about that was just carrying that lesson with me into other aspects of my life. I did enjoy teaching kindergarten in Korea, but there were other stressors that come with being a teacher outside of, you know, just your interactions with the children. And those things were not fun. So that was pretty determinant in you know, persuading me to start looking into other career options after the fact. That's what I try to get across to people that all those things you did, though, were for your benefit, because I don't believe that you or anybody else ever fail at anything. You only learn and go on and, and bring it together. And, and now you enjoy hockey for what it is and for what it's brought to you. But you've also added to that in your life. Tell me what you're doing right now, which is, I think we hit on that a little bit, but I, I think we need to know a little bit more about what you're doing right now. And Yeah, definitely. So like I said at the beginning of this, I am a user experience designer, which we use the shorthand UX designer. And basically what that entails is learning about people who interact with a product and trying to understand their goals, their needs, their pain points with existing products, 
and then taking those findings, ideating upon ways that we can create or design better solutions, and then taking those designs and testing them with the same people you talked to in the first place to you know, validate or invalidate the design decisions you made. And if everything goes well with that, then you create the product. And in modern terms, that usually means creating a website or an app, but I've also found ways to apply that to physical products like something called Hockey Wax, which is a product that my brother has been making for close to a decade now, but I have recently joined the company within the last year or so and initially thought I would just be there as a website designer, but ended up designing new recipes for hockey wax and so many other things along the way. So that's what I do. And how I got there was, boy, changes and choices. And I think one of the you know, like I said, I, I did realize that I didn't like the bureaucracy surrounding my teaching jobs. But my wife and I, after getting married, we went on our honeymoon in Europe and decided Europe would be a fun place to live. So we left Korea and we moved to Prague in the Czech Republic. And I continued teaching. I thought maybe changing from teaching children to teaching adults would be the the change that I wanted in my career but no it was it was pretty similar still enjoyed <laughs> the actual teaching aspects didn't really enjoy the the micromanagement of my superiors so i was actually one of these really rare lucky people who got out of my teaching job and into a data analysis job just two months before COVID hit. And fortunately, I had a lot of friends who struggled in the teaching industry because of COVID. But yes, my yes. job suddenly being in tech made it easy to transition to remote work. And like I said, I was one of the lucky ones because I got to keep my job that, you know, didn't just pay the bills, but actually we were able to upgrade our apartment during COVID, which I'm sure not a lot <laughs> of people can say. And, you know, I found that I enjoyed the more relaxed nature of the tech work compared to what I was doing in my teaching job, but I wasn't thrilled about data analysis. So I did start exploring other options. And yeah, I guess uh, an interesting choice that led me here was taking the Myers-Briggs personality test and using those results to plug into <laughs> a career aptitude test and then discovering this field UX or user experience design, which I had never heard of before and um, deciding to use all of that extra free time and disposable income that COVID afforded me to go into a design boot camp and learn these skills. And so this is your company, UX Design, or is it a franchise or? UX Design is a, is a job title. Um, okay. And I have done it in a freelance capacity. I have mostly spent this year working 
in a small company, the the hockey wax company that I mentioned, to the point where I've I've basically become a co-owner of the company because I've gotten so invested in it. But my big news that really very few people have learned about is that I actually accepted a role with an agency just this week, working on some pretty important projects, which because of non-disclosure agreements, I'm not really allowed to discuss on a podcast. Um, Okay. (laughs) But I can say it is pretty meaningful work that I'm excited to do and will have, you know, pretty big impacts on our environment and hopefully people as we evolve into other spaces. Wow. You just keep going and going and and going for those changes and you face the change and you, you made the choices and you're not afraid anymore to change. Are you? I mean, I bet the move to Korea, what's the word had butterflies in your stomach? Were you, were you afraid to leave your little small town? Yes and no. I think a lot of the, the nervousness surrounding the move was that it possibly wouldn't work out or afraid of failure. I, I think there, we all, I yeah. wouldn't enjoy it or something like that. But no, the butterflies really start once you hit the ground. And it's been <laughs> more than, you know, the first few hours in that, that honeymoon feelings wearing off and you're like, I don't speak this language. I don't know these people. I don't even know where to go to shop. Um, <laughs> Yeah, one of my first purchases, I thought I was buying hamburgers, but no, they were not hamburgers. They were uh, some kind of like a marinated patty, like ground beef patty. But yeah, I went home and I cooked <laughs> them up thinking they were hamburgers. They most certainly were not. But, I'm laughing yeah, with you. <laughs> so getting your feet wet is the first step, but I think making the decision to stick with it and, you know, stay the course is is really the bigger challenge um and that's why it was so important to you know branch out and find a community where i could build these friendships meeting you know just local people other expats things like that if i hadn't put myself out there and met these other people i would have never even met my wife you know because we met through a mutual friend so it's definitely scary, but you, you just have to put your head down and commit to it. Yeah. So you did have the one friend because, you know, you and I can relate to you because you and I have such a large family that we came from that there's usually nowhere we go that we don't know someone in, in the area where we grew up, right? And uh, to be there and know one other person, you probably had a few lonely nights and questions and that. and But... And Bobby, I just want you to know how proud I am of you and of all the opportunities you found. And I hope this podcast touches somebody listening that that's thinking about facing a change and what they should do that make that choice. Because like we talked about, the road to success is not a straight path. You know, there's many detours along the way, many turns, but like you found out, and like I hope that we came across on this podcast is that 
everything happens for a reason. And, and I said it before, and I'm going to repeat it right now, that you should always enjoy this journey because you can never fail. All you can do is learn and move on. I mean, like you said, when you were teaching, you found out what you didn't like about it, and that's all right. But you found out what you liked about it, too. I mean, there are things that you find in every job and in every part of life and in a lot of relationships. But don't let it bring you down or let you stop because you can only find those successes by moving on do you agree with me with that yeah it's really important to just put your head down and keep moving on it's easy for us to ruminate on things but you can't change the past so as, as frustrating or as aggravating as some of those memories might feel in the moment you just have to kind of do a 180 and look towards the future instead and i know i'm, I'm really not the best at that but having that cognition that, you know, you should be doing those things is usually enough to eventually inspire you to do those things. Sometimes myself, yeah. I have to take a deep breath and say, let it go. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> so before we close though, since you are in your own business and everything. Is there a website, an email, a phone number if somebody wants to contact you? Or is there a potential client you're looking for? Tell us, is there anything you need or would like to give out on the podcast right now? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to, you know, do my plugs. I do have a website. It's very simple, just bobrudiger.com. If you need to see how to spell that, I would say refer to the podcast notes. Yes. <laughs> and if you have an urgent design, probably website or app design need, I would say the best place to contact me is probably on that website, or you can go to my Fiverr and just look up Bob Rudiger. I do have pretty good rates on there compared to other designers. And um, I actually do UX processes, which if you're looking for a UX designer, you will know what that means. And otherwise, you can find me on most social media at Bob Rude, just B-O-B-R-U-E-D. I'm most active on Twitter where I support Manchester City Football Club. So if you do not resonate with Manchester City Football Club tweets, then I am not the person for you to follow. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, and that's about it for where you can find me right oh well, oh sure yeah. i forgot um if there are any hockey players out there jack's hockey wax exactly how it sounds j-a-c-k-s hockey wax uh you can find us on all social media at jack's hockey wax or go to our website jackshockeywax.com and we will hopefully be on Amazon before the holidays start. I know we have a short window, but stocking stuffers, want some hockey tape, hockey wax, we're the place to go. Yes, good thing you remembered that. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Bob, for being such a great guest speaker on change. It's all about the choice. And I think we covered all of that. And I've already mentioned, I know you've inspired many young people. So they also can find their opportunities. So, hey, listeners, would any of you like to be on my podcast? 
or do you have a subject that you'd like me to discuss? Just go to my website, gabbyinspires.com, where you can also find the podcast from, for Bob Rudiger, and leave me a message under the contact tab. I enjoy hearing from all of you. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. That's very important. I'm also available as a guest speaker, or I can hold a workshop for your group. Remember, every opportunity begins with a choice. Bye for now. Hey, friends, it's that time again. Time to say farewell for this episode. Thanks for listening to Change. It's all about the choice podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. I would love to hear from you. Invite me to speak to your group or hold a workshop. Go to my website at gabbyinspires.com or text me at 724-524-3464. What do you want to change? It is your choice. I will see you in two weeks. In the meantime, be sure to check out my other episodes. Farewell. Farewell.